Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Most of us would assume that a professor who studies ethics must have higher moral standards than professors in other fields. But is this really the case? This week, Dan talks with Eric Schwitzgabel, professor of philosophy at the University of California, Riverside, about some of his experiments to determine the actual ethical behavior of ethicists. The first thing that I did was I looked at the rates at which ethics books are missing from academic libraries compared to other books in philosophy, similar in popularity and age. Similar in popularity, you mean that they are likely to be checked in the same frequency? That's right. The checkout rates were my measure of popularity, yeah. Okay. And age? Um, What do you mean age? And age. Publication year. Okay. And why is that important? Well, because older books are more likely to go missing, right? Okay. So these are things that are missing not for a short time. They're gone forever. Right. So they're either one year or more overdue, or they're listed by the library as missing. Okay. And... And the ethics books are more likely to be missing. Wow. And, and of course, and one interpretation is that ethics books are just much more interesting. <laughs> well, if they're more interesting, you'd think they'd be checked out more often, right? But, yeah, that's right. But in fact, they're not checked out more often uh, than the other books, especially, I mean, my, the, I looked across a range of different types of books, but the ones I was especially interested in were the boring technical books that would be read mostly by professionals. So these are not especially interesting, compelling yeah. books to undergrads, yeah. Yeah. And are there any particular book that was uh, the highest frequency of being missed among the ethics books? Rawls' Theory of Justice was missing a lot. <laughs> that's a good book to take. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, that's interesting. If you're an ethicist and you wrote a book, do you want people to steal your book? Yeah, well, actually, I looked. This, is, I didn't, this didn't, by my measure, didn't qualify as an ethics book, but I looked at Ab- Abby Hoffman's Steal This Book, uh-huh. uh, just kind of on a lark. And, yeah, it was... It tended to be missing. Uh, most of the copies of that book were listed as missing. Yeah. I mean, I think if we look at the unpopular, rarefied books, you're mostly looking at advanced students, graduate students, and uh-huh. professors. What other approaches have you tried to look at this? So another thing that I looked at was responsiveness to email from students. I think that philosophers ought to respond to emails that they get from undergraduates. So behavior. you think yeah. that, that for a professor, it's more, it's more, they're morally obligated to respond in general? So in the email study, what I did was I actually... Um, it was. I sent a survey on several ethical questions to a variety of professors, some ethicists, some philosophers not specializing in ethics, and some uh, selection of professors from other departments. And I asked them to rate uh, on, a, on a moral scale from very morally bad to very morally good, with morally neutral in the middle, uh, various things, including not consistently responding to emails from students, so I got their normative views about that, mm-hmm. right? Do they think that's bad or neutral or good? Yeah. And then I asked them to self-report their email responsiveness. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, a majority reported that they responded to 100% of uh, student emails. And it was, I think, about 80% said they reported uh, responded to at least 95%. Wow. These are really good professors. Where are they? <laughs> this was in the U.S., okay. across five U.S. states. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, sent them emails designed to look as though they were uh, written by undergrads. Ooh. Now, did you, did you clear the ethics committee for this study? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> um, and we got about 60% responsiveness. Uh, that's not nice. So now they wouldn't have recognized the names. 
Yeah. Right. So you might expect they'd be more likely to respond to emails from students whose yeah. names they recognize. But a lot of professors teach classes with large classes, and they won't recognize the names of all of their students. So anyway, I don't think that can be the, the entire explanation of yeah. uh, the effect. So 60% is average, and how does that differ across departments? The, all, all groups of professors responded at the same rate. There's no difference. Okay, so ethicists are not worse off. I think they do actually have higher standards, but De they don't live up to those standards. Okay, they, they declared higher standards. Right, so one of the outcomes of this uh, survey study that I'd done where I'd asked about normative view was that across a variety of questions, ethicists espoused more stringent normative views. I see. They said they were more willing to rate things as morally bad or morally good, uh, but uh, they didn't behave any differently. So basically it says that thinking about morality helps you think about morality, but there's no uh, traces to the actions. Yeah. So here's, I just, here's one result from the survey study that was really striking to me. So I asked, eating the meat of mammals, regularly eating the meat of mammals, that was the prompt, and then the, mm -hmm. the scale was again from very morally bad to morally neutral to very morally good. 60% of the ethicists rated it on the morally bad side of the scale. Yeah compared to 19% of professors in other departments. Okay. And non-ethicist philosophers are intermediate at 45%. So there's a huge difference in their ethical views about eating the meat of mammals. Yeah. I asked, did you eat the meat of a mammal at your previous evening meal? Mm -hmm. No difference. No difference yeah. in response. Wow. So, so basically, uh, you get to reflect on something, and, and you're more consistent about it. You think about it differently. It's just that the path from thinking to action is very tenuous. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely of Duke University. Dan's latest book is The Honest Truth About Dishonesty. Learn more about dishonesty, irrationality, and other human quirks at danariely.com. <laughs>